It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 286. Jack had a lot of things going for him. Runtime for this episode is one hour, five minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that is my old man. My name is Jeremy. Yo, Yevin. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I got nothing. My name is Zach. We play Final Fantasy X. <laughs> and by that I mean when I was 10 years old, I played a lot of Final Fantasy X. Uh, this game came out, I, I was like 12. I was going to say I have played it all the way through as recently as like six years ago. I played a reasonable amount of it for this episode. Yeah, I have played enough Final Fantasy X. I like this game a lot. Someone else in this podcast does not. But I've played enough Final Fantasy X that I never need to look at that game again. I hate this game. You called it. I don't understand why. I know I did. Because uh, I thought it might actually make me, you know, finish it. But then I couldn't be asked. But then you didn't do it because that's who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I will put pressure on myself and then ignore the task. <laughs> See, that just means I have graduated to the next level of procrastination and laziness. <laughs> I give myself a deadline that I will then ignore. The Secret? I've been doing that for years. <laughs> I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the book The Secret is about, right? Yes, exactly. Zach, what have you been playing in secret? <laughs> Actually, don't tell us. What have you been playing not in secret? All right, so yeah. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stare at you and you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, don't tell us about insert porn game here. I, <laughs> I was sure I was going to get to one by the time that joke is over and none came. Sengren Kagura? I was looking through the Switch sale recently uh, to get inspiration for uh, assignments, and there was a number of uh, like Sengen Kagura Succubus games, and I'm like, this doesn't seem like Nintendo should allow it. This, se- I mean, it's softcore, sure, but it seems a little too core for a Nintendo platform, all the same. Zach is smiling like these are the secret games he's not talking about, so. I haven't been playing any of the Senran Kagura games. I have several on Steam. <laughs> I talked to you about it at one point. There, yeah. One of them is a, there's a awful pinball game <laughs> i feel like there's a brawler also uh, most of them are brawlers yeah like they, but they have all kinds of like offshoot games but i haven't been playing any of them been, i played a bunch of final fantasy 14 um apparently i just attract people who don't even bother with the uh you know the standard be polite let people who are watching the cutscene watch the cutscene because they keep skipping it from me so awesome. I'm, like, I'm standing there watching the cutscene, and it'll pop up in the middle. This area is going to close off in 15 seconds. I'm like, so they just skipped the cutscene on me, didn't they? 15 seconds is they probably saw you were done viewing the cutscene because 15 seconds is from the poll. No, that's like in the like oh, as the cutscene cut starts. Okay. Never mind. That Never pops mind. up. Okay, yeah, then you're right. And so like that's been interesting, which is funny because Jeremy and Kevin have both said I never seen that, and I'm like, it happens to me all the time. So. You just get lucky and get stuck with assholes. I almost did it by accident once. And then I was like, oh, that person's viewing a cutscene. It's very clear. Does it happen if only like one person bounces or does like no, everyone have... It doesn't kick you out of the cutscene. People just start the fight. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so the fight is occurring with a man down. I mean, and if it's a DPS, you don't need him, depending on what fight it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let him watch the cutscene while you kill the boss and then he could come and watch the spider die. Yeah, great. Yeah. That means that next time around, you still won't know what to do because the fight's over before you get a chance to participate. It's fine. Uh, that one is, it's still like, eh, it's still a fun game. I'm still playing it, obviously. Uh, the one I think I spent the most time playing, though, was uh, SD Gundam Generation Crossrays again. Did you want to finish your Gundam decks? I already did. In part, um, I just was like I want to I kind of wanted to play that game because I was in the mood for a Super Robot Wars-esque game but I didn't want to have to pay that close of attention to it because the storylines of those games are kind of like the storylines for like the Super Robot Wars games I really like most of the other stuff is just like for Generation Crossrays it's like your characters might don't exist as far as the game is as far as the story is concerned the story is that hey remember that time Hero fought Zex in Antarctica and I'm like yes I do and it's like hey remember that time Wufei was doing a thing I'm like no (laughs) <laughs> I did all of the Astray ones throughout this, and I also started, or resumed, I guess, the Double Lot ones, which has been interesting. My teams are random. Most of my characters are now actually, like, Gundam characters, and they're not the uh, the characters that the game generates. I've been trying to replace them with other people, just because. With as many Mir Campbells as possible. <laughs> She's actually on the Dispatch team. 
no, you have to put Mirren Blackus in the mobile suits because that's when they get their songstress ability and they buff the entire team. I have one of my teams consists of, I realized this afterwards, it wasn't intentional, all Destiny characters and Dorothy Catalonia. Well, look, it's just Dorothy Catalonia rules. She's the only good character in Gundam Wing. And they're all on the Archangel, not the Minerva, which has a different battle fleet, which has a bunch of other characters on it. I still remember the one team has, it's like, Memories Recovered Neo Roanoke. Okay. Uh, Oddly specific. The team leader. Well, because they also have Neo Roanoke with mask. So it's Orb Uniform Neo. Oh, I was going to say, please tell me his actual name is Neo Roanoke with mask in parentheses. (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) Um, But then the team is Lacus, Kira, and Atherin. So it's like, yes, awesome. I haven't done anything for the Iron Blooded Orphans ones, but I have Dorothy piloting the Barbatos Lupus Rex. Look. Which Good always choice. will make me laugh. Because she, she would love that thing. Probably. <laughs> it's really good at war. And she loves that. So like, I've been just chewing through that, doing the dispatch ones, because in part, want to complete the uh, the Gundam decks, especially because I have more than you. Because I oh, spent yeah. more money. So you have the DLC. I bought the G I Gundam. Some of the, actually, you don't get the G Gundam. Oh, I thought you You did. get the Rising Gundam and the Shadow Gundam for some reason. Rising Gundam needs more love, in my opinion. I, I like Rising. My, my uh, Minerva team has the Rising Gundam on it. It's got one of the, one team is like custom character Ida from My Hero Academia. No, um, <laughs> what the hell is that one called? Bellry in that because it's the G. She's got the oh, G Arcane full yeah, dress. Yeah, her. Yeah, I know what you mean from Rekinista and G. That's the title. Uh, Rain with the Rising Gundam. I Obviously, can't remember the la- I think it's Noin from Gundam Wing. I don't remember what she's driving right now. <laughs> Should have given her an Epion. I've been trying to re- like replace all of the Gundams so that they're unique to the so I don't have multiple like freedoms and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So far I'm doing okay. I think the closest is I have a riser and an exit in the same place. Gotcha. Yeah, I put the Shar guy from Double O in the Epion because he gets a bonus in transforming mobile suits, and that can technically transform, <laughs> but never does. So I mean that one's that one's fun. I've been playing a lot more Dokkan Battle, too, just because there's an event, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. What even characters are they doing at this point? Man, that was a sentence, but... Oh, you have ad block, so you don't get the YouTube ads for Dokkan Battle the way I do whenever there's a new character. I'm like, do you want another 17? I'm like, no, Dokkan Battle, I have enough 17s. <laughs> what about a Frieza? The current event is an LR Super Saiyan Goku versus an LR Final Form Frieza. I feel like they've already done both of those. I mean, they've already done both of those twice. They've done mul- both of those multiple times. <sighs> they ran out of characters, unless they're going to put Moro in here or Granola. <laughs> I mean, they've been out of characters for a while. That's why you can have an entire team worth of Brawly. Yeah, I was thinking I just like want like an LR, one of those mooks from the Red Ribbon Army. Um, <laughs> I mean, they made an LR Krillin. Uh, well, he's at least a main character, kind of. He's at least a character. Would you settle for uh, LR General Taupai? Yeah, actually, that's not too bad. He's an obscure enough character I'm into that. Although they still have no Garlic Jr. Really? Nobody likes that movie. I guess. Although he was in the TV series, even. Remember that filler arc with the Blackwater Mist? I didn't realize there was a filler arc when I watched it. And Vegeta's like, I'm in space. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing a bit of that. It's still not any huge deal. Anything like that. I did manage to keep my streak alive in my uh, in Azure Lane and getting all of the ships for a particular uh, summon with Intrepid showing up this morning. Yeah, so I got all of those. Is she a bunny girl? No, actually, she's not. Okay. I like I had to think about that for just a second because it's a possibility. Well, I mean, the when they did this event, they also added some bunny girl skins to a few of the other ships. <laughs> and I had to think quick if... Uh, Intrepid was one of them, but no, it was North Carolina, Reno, and uh, some British ship that I can't think of the name right now. Ah, uh, yes, because when I think of Reno, I think of Bunny Girls. Anything else, Zach? I played Raft yesterday, which or on Sunday, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually rather enjoyed that. Um, I wouldn't mind trying to continue that particular server at some point, although the odds that that is ever going to happen are pretty low. Yeah, because someone's never online. Yeah, well. But... Did you kill a shark? We killed oh, several yep. sharks. We had a bunch of shark hats. Th- also, I was some... going to say, who became the shark shaman? 
I was the first one, I think. Um, but then I decided that I didn't like that it obscured my vision, so I gave up my shark hat. Uh, Zach I, got I a was warthog the pig head. Shaman. I killed a boar, harvested said boar, and then died to a bombing raid. Yeah, they added on large islands, like, I don't know, just like condors or something that I've just drop this. things on you. Not a fan. They are very annoying. Oh, well, that's why no one likes birds. Yeah. Anything else, Zach? Uh, a lot of League of Legends. That's the other one. I just assumed that as, like, I know, it's taken... generally just like, oh, yeah, of course he's playing League of Legends. Why Why would he not be playing? I mean, it's it's League of Legends. Still a fun game. It still is. I need to watch last week's finals, because I'm curious to know who actually ended up winning the LCS. Yeah, who gets to go to Europe, question mark, which is where <laughs> they're holding Worlds this year, because they can't hold it in China, where they had a venue. So they're they're holding it in Europe. It's in two months. We'll be more specific. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like kind of a large area to consider. Um, I know it wasn't TSM, because... They're out. They decided they didn't want to go. If you watched their last game, it was bad. I only watched the Liquid games. Where it looked like Liquid was just laughing at them. Like, we'll let you have one, TSM. Okay. That was all the charity. I mean, like I said, it's it's League of Legends. People are familiar with it. It's been around for a while. If you don't know, you probably don't care. So, yeah. Wow, that is... I've been playing very little now that I think about it. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading. So, I... Guess that takes up a lot of my time. It certainly does. I went from like book four, I want to say, or I know I think it was book three. I'm on book eight of Rising of the Shield Hero now. Okay, um, I'm almost done with it too. I want to ask a Rising of the Shield Hero question. That's funny, but I don't think I have it into me. It's trying to play a game with her sister, and uh, apparently got dragged into the other world. Since this is spoilers for a popular series that people will probably be interested in, you listen to this. I'm going to cut all this, so spoilers for The Rising of the Shield Hero went here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's still fun. There's a few other books that I have on my shelf that I'm going to get to. Like, I need to get through the rest of the uh, Evangelion animal light novels. Uh, I've got the first three light novels for uh, uh, My Next Life as a Villainess. Uh, A couple of other ones that I wanted to read the light novels of and see how different they were because a lot of the light novels that have gone through so far a lot of like the differences you see directly inside the character's head as opposed to obviously having to intuit a lot of it i'm enjoying the fact that i'm getting back into reading which was something i hadn't really been doing for a really long time which is kind of a shame because i love reading yeah you know i had kind of the same thing happen i got into it again kind of at the start of the pandemic and like i'm actually like reading regularly again it's nice how far are you in spider i have not read any more spider i am currently reading my best friend's exorcism a book by georgia's beloved peach grady hendrix what have you been playing tyler i haven't had a ton of combination of being at home and also having time while i have been i have mostly been playing hollow knight i've been doing like so every boss has a second phase if you go back to their corpse and hit them with your dream sword because that's a thing you have so mostly I've been going through and doing like the second form bosses just because the thing that I have been dumping a fair amount of time into that is new, at least kind of kind of new. One of the YouTubers I watch has recently been doing a stream of the uh, Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy. Um, I'm oh. like, oh, that's a fun game. I haven't played that in a while. And rather than, you know, pick up the Game Boy, an actual cart of that that I have sitting literally on a shelf that I can see from my couch in the basement. You bought it on DS? No. Uh, that would. Uh, apparently, uh, quick side tangent apparently, Switch is uh, going to start releasing some Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. Whoa. So, yeah, I'm actually kind of into that. I'm not sure if they're going to be part of Switch Online or if they're just going to be games that you can buy. I mean, either way, I'll be happy. Uh, that'd be that a new one of those would be fun. I think a new one of what? A new Pokemon card game, trading card game. They apparently made a sequel that never got an official translation that I'm actually going to play after I finish this one. So yeah. Anyway, I watched this guy. I'm like, oh, I should play that. So I got it on an emulator because I was too lazy to literally get off the couch and plug batteries into my Game Boy. But I have beaten seven out of the eight gyms with the starter deck. Yeah, they're not very good at that game. They're not. Uh, they get better decks after you beat the Elite Four equivalent, um, and then you can go through it again. Uh, mostly, I just wanted to rush through this one really quick to like remind myself what the heck the game was and how to build a good deck. Then I think I'm gonna go find a uh, translation of the sequel that they made for the GBA. And see how that holds up. You make a good deck with Scyther, Electabuzz, and Hitmonchan. 
That's too many energy types, I think. Scyther only needs Kalos. Oh, you're energy. right. For Slash, yeah. Yep. It only needs Grass for Swords Dance. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I've been mostly running Power Your Way to a Beedrill, which <laughs> is actually pretty good. Yeah, that sounds more fun. <laughs> I-, I told you the boring way to win. That is true. That and obviously some Pokemon Unite, because now that I am playing a MOBA, I can't not be playing that MOBA. Yeah, been so. there. Is Sylveon out yet? It's uh, by law. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. I'm trying to think who the most recent edition was. I think it was Wigglytuff? Sylveon comes out like mid-September or something. I am very slowly watching the most recent Pokemon Direct, like five minutes a time a day, and they announced Mamoswine and Sylveon in that. Yes. There's uh, something else coming out before them, and I'm trying to remember who, but I don't know. I got a uh, sweet beach costume for my Garchomp, and now it has a snorkel. It's hilarious. <laughs> it sticks up out of the ground when it uses Dig. So Sounds good. So you, it sounds like it's just Rek'Sai. Uh, I have no idea how that plays, so maybe? I uh, Garchomp's Dig is like a dash, right? Yeah, it's a dash that stuns the enemy if it connects. I think visually, probably. I don't think it has the, like, tunneling mechanic. No, it's like a straight line in a short radius. I mean, that's how her burrow works, but... I mean, that's how every dash in a MOBA it, has it worked. It is funny, though, that it, he... Because she also has the summer skin, so it, yeah. she'll have, like, the snorkel. Yeah, well. pretty much everyone has a summer skin right now, though, so it's like... Like, Snorlax also has a snorkel. Like, I think, uh... League did one way back when, the first pool party, and everybody was like, that's a fantastic idea. It's a good idea. How long until we get Magical Girl Pokemon? Oh, Again, tell my. me when Sylveon comes out. That's shit. Yep. They already have Sylveon. Star- I want more Star Guardians. Yep, no, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What have you been playing, Jeremy? A lot of Final Fantasy XIV, which is going to make my what we've been playing boring, because I don't know that I really have much to say about it. I haven't discovered anything. I'm at a point where the game, the game isn't work, or I wouldn't be playing it, but I'm in a rhythm where I'm like, these are the tasks I do every day. And usually when I'm done with that, I'm like, I'm about done with Final Fantasy XIV. One day I'll make progress in this game, but it's not today. Um, I have a polar bear mount. Yeah, I saw that was an event that happened recently. Yep. Yes. Yeah, you get a polar bear and you could go to the moon and get thanked for playing the game by its creator. Um, <laughs> I like every time someone has mentioned the moon recently, I just can't help but think of that scene in Metcross uh, where he tries to ride his bike to the moon. That is so funny to me. And yep, I don't know too. why. <laughs> Because it's objectively very funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then, like, the PSA, like, please don't try this at home, as if that needed to be explained. That's what makes it so funny. So I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV. I played a little bit more Old World, enough that I was like, man, you're not having fun playing this, Jeremy. Why do you keep doing it? And then I kept doing it for a while. And kind of the same way that you do that with Civ sometimes, right? Yes, but, like, that's usually on a per-game basis. Because, like, the early game of Civ I still almost always enjoy. I, if I don't enjoy an early game of Civ, I don't play it. This has been like, that wasn't fun. Let's try again. <laughs> Trying to, to like find what you found so fun about it the first time around? I mean, the discovery phase of the game was really fun. Uh, and there are things I think are good about that game. But there's a lot of other stuff that's just frustrating. And then it also runs really poorly. Oh, uh, weird. Which for a 4X game when you're waiting for turns is kind of a killer. Yeah. So I broke down and bought Humankind. I'm interested in what your thoughts are because I've been vaguely considering it. I'm still, I've been playing it for like two hours. I'm still very much in an exploratory phase. I find it incredibly interesting in that phase. I don't know once I understand the game what my thoughts will be because I really don't know. Whereas Old World really felt like a a civilization game with a bunch of extra systems bolted on. This one feels like a much more considered, how do we make civilization without making civilization? Interesting. And that's specifically what I'm into is like not just Civ with more systems stapled onto. I like want a different game that has a similar flavor. Yeah, and it's really hard to describe the ways in which it's different because there's a lot of ways in which it's incredibly similar and then a lot of ways where it's not. Like the thing that stuck out to me immediately that I don't think actually matters is you start out as a nomadic tribe. You don't like immediately settle a city. And this game has a territory system where there are certain territories and there can only be one city basically per territory but also when you go tall you claim other territories for a single city huh yeah interesting yeah it's really difficult to explain although it's been pretty intuitive i also find the culture system really interesting as a counterpoint to civ if you've not played civilization you pick a civilization at the start and that's who you play with and you get bonuses based on it in this every era you pick a culture Okay, so I actually kind of prefer that. So in the ancient, you could be Egyptian, and then, like, in the modern, you might be American, and you get certain legacy bonuses for that, but then also bonuses that just happen in the era. Interesting. That, that, 
I mean, that does keep it mo- uh, relevant throughout the entire game because there are a couple of civs in Civilization where it's like once you get past their relevant their time power period, window. yeah. Like, like Rome, they're really powerful pretty early on, but once you get past that, they kind of lose access to a lot of the stuff that made them strong. Which I like about Civilization, but this is also very interesting. There's also a mechanic where the, the way you win is by getting fame, and each era, there are certain things that give you fame. I'm not sure what they all are yet, and I'm not sure if they change era by era or not, but your Civilization has one that gives you extra fame if you complete those, and you have to complete a total of seven to advance to the next era but you can choose to stay in the current era to get more fame. Okay. But once a culture is taken, it's taken. So the later you, st- the longer you stay, the more likely the good ones will be taken. So it's kind of a balancing act between like potentially easy fame for this era, but also missing out on future rewards. Yeah. Oh, I actually think that sounds like a really fun way to do it. But it's an interesting trade-off. Yeah. I'm just kicking the AI's ass so bad in fame right now, and I don't know if that's because I'm in a tutorial game, because, like, the start was, like, not like, here, here, let's do game setup. It was like, have you played grand strategy games before? Yes, no. I said yes, and it's like, okay, we'll give you the advanced tutorial, and he started me a game. So I don't know if I'm just in, like, mega easy dumbass mode, or if I'm just good at these games, or if I just got lucky with my spawn. Yeah, or if the AI is just terrible, which would be a shame. Or a combination of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm very much in a discovery phase where I might discover mechanics that I really don't like. The combat system is also way more involved than Civ, but yeah, difficult to describe. I'm not sure I'm into a more... Com- like, I feel like combat in Civ is as complicated as it needs to be, but... Yeah, well, it gets the job done without getting in the way too much. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is like The combat is not really the main focus so much as like the strategy of where to place your armies. Yeah, well, which is more important here because in Civ you just have like hills basically or flatland. In this you have different elevation levels. Okay. And the high ground is very important. Interesting. And I wonder if it becomes less important as you develop different technologies. Certainly Uh, possible. I would wager high ground probably stays pretty relevant because high ground's always been important and always probably will be. It seems way harder to tech snowball in this one, but I also have not really tried to. So it's difficult to say if that's true or not. But because you need different sorts of progress to go to the next era, and that era's tech tree is locked until you advance to the era, I think it's much harder to snowball because you can't just do tech Interesting. to do it. But there might be another way to do it. So yeah, I'm very interested in it, but I'm also like on a very surface level. I'm just to my third culture. is literally where I got before I was like, ah, oh, go, to, go to Tyler's to record. Uh, how many cultures do you think a game runs? I think the game, because of the fame system, unless you wipe everybody out, you have to run to the end. I okay. think. It actually never told me what the victory conditions were. Well, uh, how many cultures is that? They say there are over a million combinations. I want to say it's seven per era, and there are six eras. Okay, so you're but, roughly halfway through. Yeah, but I'm not sure about that. It might be seven eras. It might be like ten per. I don't remember. I just like went through them and was like, basically, what are these bonuses? I'll be Egypt and then Rome. And I think I'm going to be Khmer next. Who? The Khmer. I don't know anything about them except they're in Civ games. And they seem really good in this. For at least for my strategy. I also it was a little worried it wasn't going to run on my computer, but it runs way better than Old World. Huh. It, it takes a really, really long time to load a game, but once it does, like there's almost no time between turns, which is super nice. Yeah, that is actually pretty nice. I'm like always really interested in strategies that developers use for like caching memory and like what trade-offs they make. Honestly, I have no idea what trade-offs they made with this, but I'm like wondering if they do a bunch of prefetching that uh, Old World doesn't do. Yeah, I assume this is on console, too, because it's Sega. I'm only assuming that because ah. it's Sega and Civ is on console. It does seem like it would be a nightmare, but so does Civ, so. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like, it, I mean, it is a strategy game, but it's not like real time. Yeah, yeah, so... you can take your time with the menus. It just seems like it would be way less fun. Although, on the other hand, you can plug a keyboard and a mouse into a PlayStation. I know somebody who plays Final Fantasy XIV on PlayStation with keyboard and mouse. I guess that works, especially if you don't have a computer that could run it. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I've been playing, other than Final Fantasy X, which, like Tetris, I almost don't want to do an episode on. Like, it's not that bad. Like, Tetris is a game where I'm like, what do I say about Tetris? It's got the blocks. It's just like Final Fantasy X, much like Gundam Seed, is just a huge cultural touchstone for me. It's when I learned religion was fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a big one. And it's a game I have a tremendous amount of enthusiasm for. But like I said at the start, I've played this game enough. I never need to play it again. 
I know all about Titus and Yuna. I, I've made all the revelations about the story. I've done the first time. I've done the second time where you realize Yuna is just a really sad girl who wants to get laid with this himbo. And all of her <laughs> friends think it's a terrible idea, but know she's marching to her death and won't tell her no. I've done the third playthrough where you realize Oren was a total square, and the only reason he's so cool is he's had ten years to figure out all the things he should have said the first time. <laughs> I love these characters. I love this game, but that makes it very difficult to talk about in a critical way in some ways. That's fair. I think I have like some legitimate criticisms of the game's story and like even character design. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can give Namora all the shit in the world. Lulu in those belts. Like <laughs> oh, no. and Titus in his asymmetrical pants. Uh, no, I will yeah, no, I will <laughs> die on a hill for Lulu's belt dress. Um it's amazing. Titus's stupid pants though. Wow. <laughs> but like Orin's a fucking world beater as far as designs go. Like it's simple, but it's one podcast I listen to, he says uh, he's if the phrase while you were having sex in high school, I was studying the blade was as cool as the person <laughs> saying it thinks it is. That's Aaron. <laughs> I think Riku's a fine design. I think Yoon is fine, but it's nothing special, right? It's yeah. white mage only. Let's give white mage Hedochromia. That's a neat trick. <laughs> yeah, um, and like Riku's just fine. Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of a lot of character designs from Ten Two, which uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not talking about. Yeah, but Nuge, <laughs> Gipple. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Nuge and Gipple. Nuge leads New Yet. Uh, not yeah. Nuge leads New Yet. That New Yevon and Gipple leads the Machine League, or is it the Machine Faction? I have the no idea Brent. what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, well they're two of the factions. Have you beaten Ten Two? Have I? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. But he doesn't remember Gipple or Nuge. Yeah, I it mean, was also years ago when I played that game. Also, I feel like you don't actually interact with them a whole lot. Like, the faction mechanic is certainly there in that game. Yes, that's a great way to describe it. We're not talking about Tetsu. No. <laughs> um, An arguably much worse game, even if it does have a cool job system. I'm the opposite of Jeremy when it comes to Final Fantasy X. Big surprise. I hate this game. But it was one of those things that was one of the first Final Fantasy games I ever played. So I was like, I'll call it, because I've been trying to chug through it for a while now. And I just... I. I couldn't bring myself to actually play the game anymore because. I mean, that's fair. It's just weird to me because you have played other JRPGs. I've played better JRPGs is the, is the issue. I like. I feel like Final Fantasy X is pretty good. Yeah. I like. I, it's no Persona. Don't get me no, Look at the last Persona. JRPG I played and beat. Was it Persona 5? Persona 5. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, there aren't any as good as Persona 5. You have to go down from there. It's the only way. What what other JRPGs have I played? You played through the Neptunia games, didn't you? Hey, don't be knocking the <laughs> Neptunia games. I, I'm saying Final Fantasy X is better than the Neptunia games. I, I couldn't get through a single Neptunia. I tried. It, I wanted to so bad. I just could not. <laughs> Those ones are all, they're all a joke. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not anything, it, it doesn't have a, well, it's got a story, technically, but that's all just one big joke. Yeah, about how Xbox is worse than PlayStation, but has bigger boobs, right? That's what the <laughs> joke is? Uh, I didn't play them. Uh, and the Sega Saturn was underrated. <laughs> but we didn't uh, come here to make fun of the game Zach plays, we just call that Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, not wrong. I was going to say, I, I said somewhere in the middle, um, Final Fantasy X was like the first Final Fantasy I ever beat, but not the first one I ever played. Yeah, it's the first one I played seriously. It's the first one that I played not at like a friend's house, just sitting down playing it for a little bit. Uh, and it's always going to have a room in my heart for that. But it's also by far my favorite combat system in a Final Fantasy. I've said before, I don't like ATB. I find it just puts pressure on me in a turn-based situation that I don't think is engaging. It doesn't make it more fun, in my opinion. But I really like the conditional turn-based system that Ten has. That's a terrible name. It is a system that actually works pretty well. Um, which, if you haven't played it before, you have a like initiative window on the side where you can see where everybody's turn is going to be and what action you take affects when your next turn is going to be. So using an item will allow you to have a turn faster than attacking, for example, which will let you have a turn faster than casting a spell. So you can manage the initiative like that and then just cast haste on everybody and you use items and you throw grenades and you get so much more turns than a boss that the game becomes easy. <laughs> yeah, when so in say, doubt, frag out. Yeah, say the side with the better action economy wins. Uh, it's just basic D&D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I actually really like that you can just see the action economy there and that you have influence over it. Well, I like how it tells you 
what the difference is going to be when you make a decision yeah, on the tree. Yeah, you can see the consequences. As opposed to, it's like, okay, if I do this, it's going to take longer to get my turn back. But you don't but know But you how. don't actually know where that falls. You're absolutely right. The system would suck if it wasn't transparent. But it is, so it's cool. I was going to say one of the most satisfying things in the world for me is uh, Titus has, like, a bonk you back in the turn order attack. And, like, it's just so satisfying to literally bonk their turn order down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really like, if you're familiar with Final Fantasy, the way the character abilities are designed, because every character is a combination of two traditional Final Fantasy classes smashed together in a weird way, except Lulu, who is just a black mage. <laughs> she didn't get to be something else. Uh, I was going to say, it turns out that's because black mages were already the best class. Is Titus, like, warrior and time mage Yeah, or like something? squire time mage, yeah. Aaron is knight samurai, which is a pretty boring combination, <laughs> but Yuna is obviously summoner white mage. Riku is Thief Alchemist, or Engineer, depending on which game. Kimari is Blue Mage Lancer, because combos. Yeah, as I say, also kind of a boring combination. I think that's why Kimari never sticks with me super well, is like, it's not a super effective synergy. I think it's the problem with Kimari, is the thing I was going to get into, is that I also really, really like how every uh, character fits into a niche, and there are enemies designed for every character to be good at. There are, we didn't mention Waka because he sucks, but he's <laughs> the archer status mage. And so he's really good at taking on flying enemies who will often dodge, but he's very, very accurate. So you bring him in and he can defeat them in one shot because he can hit them because they don't have much health. Whereas there are like medium enemies that Titus is good at because he's not as accurate, but he's a little stronger. And there are heavy armored enemies that Aaron could be. And of course, there are elemental enemies you want to use your black mage on. And then big giant enemies that you're supposed to summon for, in theory, or you just beat the shit out of them <laughs> because you know how the combat system works and you use Titus to bonk their turn into never. <laughs> there are, to be fair, mechanics to stop that. The more you affect a, a character's turn, the more resistance they basically get to being affected. I mean, that's pretty standard. The yeah. more you apply an effect to somebody, typically the more resistant they become to that effect to reduce people just relying on I'm just going to poison everything to death or something along those lines. Yeah, I just think they strike a very good balance of making the system satisfying to use, but not making it super abusable. Because like I said, I really like this combat system. And I think, honestly, the bit I like more is the, you see the enemy encounter and it's a little puzzle. It's a super simple puzzle, don't get me wrong. But you think, oh, this guy for this person, this person for this person. There's a mech and Riku Steel automatically breaks mechs and also gets to steal something. So... We'll bring Riku in. And I also like that the game has a free-flowing tag system where it has this giant party. And if you're me, you only use Yuna and Riku because they're hot when you're a child <laughs> and yourself, obviously. But the when you're actually playing the game more correctly, you can very freely tag in and out. And you don't just sit. It feels like the whole group is there, even though it is a little weird that they can't all fight at once. Um, uh, it's it all those narrow feels, corridors. Yeah, exactly. It feels kind of like they are because you can always just bring Oren in. So one of the one of the only issues, of course, this is an issue a lot of those older games have. Uh, your people don't gain experience unless they specifically participate in the battle. Yes, uh, which is a bit of a problem. Although I actually I find that kind of fun. I do think this is in a Stockholm syndrome way, but I like figuring out. Okay, how am I going to get everybody in this battle for a turn? I, I like that you can. I don't think it's actually fun to do. Like, I find that tedious to do too frequently. Oh, uh, but anyway, we, this started with Kimari because he doesn't have a role. He's your all-rounder in a game where everyone is a perfectly shaped puzzle piece. And he's just a round peg. And you're like, <laughs> this doesn't go in the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> uh, in theory, he's to the fight enemies that he can take blue magic from. And that's cool. But if you aren't sitting there with the strategy guide, you don't know who that is. So you're just sitting there trying it and mostly failing. And that sucks. And Kimari sucks, and you don't level him. And then you get to Mount Gagazet, where two bullies make fun of him for not having a horde. And he has to fight them alone, and you're like, oh god, this is Kimari's revenge for being banished to the back of the bus. <laughs> well, I think the he does have the same like piercing as Aaron does. Yeah, yeah but he does. why use him when I have Aaron? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. And to be fair to that fight I just talked about, they do scale to Kimari's level. I was going to say, really, the only ability you need on Kimari anyway is White Wind. I feel like there's one other one that's good. But yeah, White Winds are really good. In that fight with the two bullies, that's where I think my Kimari got like all of his skills that he has because <laughs> I couldn't be asked to use him. Oh, there's also that. I forgot about that mechanic. But yeah, they have a bunch of the abilities and you can actually take them from them if you don't have them already, which is kind of a cool bit of that fight. But um, so, yeah, uh, did you say anything else on the character designs or did we get enough into that? Poor Namora. 
<laughs> and by poor Nomura, I mean, I think he's doing quite well for himself. Although poor Nomura for getting Final Fantasy 15 ripped from him for no reason. Poor Nomura for that. But in all other respects, he did it to himself. <laughs> I mean, they're distinctive, like actual character designs. If you showed them off, it'd be pretty easy to figure out where they came from. It's weird because, like, the world obviously has, like, a culture, but their culture is, like, largely represented by clothing. And, like, there is a bunch of unique clothing designs so that you can tell, like, what region a person is from. That's kind of interesting. That's that the clothes they're actually wearing all look kind of stupid. So, the, <laughs> like... <laughs> the, the main characters are obviously wearing a whole mismatch of different outfits, but you're right, that is a interesting way of basically denoting here's where you are in relation to the world and that the clothing option or not options but what everybody is wearing is different yeah it's super easy to tell an albed from a priest from a beachgoer the three classes of people <laughs> in Spira. oh there's the guado too i often forget about the guado yep who uh also wear robes yeah i think well they're they're big in the yevon one of them is sephiroth spoilers he summons cthulhu and then you're surprised that he's evil i'm sorry he summons dagon Man, can we just talk about the anima summoning for a minute and how cool that sequence is? Like, I hope Nomura got a week off after he designed that. <laughs> is that the one with the... The anchor the, that the, drops down into the ground and pulls it out of hell? It's pretty good. I don't even know how to get that one. It's uh, not. It's an optional one. It is an optional sure. one, and it's some strategy guide bullshit. That game was rife with that stuff, too, if I remember it's right. It's not nearly as bad as things like Final Fantasy Tactics or Ogre Battle, but it's got its fair share. Um... For sure. I also really like the Shiva one, but I just like Shiva. We wanted to talk about the summons a bit, but I don't know that they're that important. This is the game where the summons, if you do a summon, they're like a super monster that you get to control for a little while and they take over for the party. And I really like that mechanic. It makes them feel big and important. And also, I actually really like using them to just tank hits sometimes. So yeah. like, there's a number of ways that you can use them strategically. Yeah, there are plenty of bosses that have big AoE attacks that you can just be like, well... Valfor, you're going to take this yeah, hit for yeah. me. <laughs> Valifor, I have another use for you. It's been a while. Um, Go, Pidgeot. I mean, also, if you're bad at this game like I was as a kid, you can uh, charge up all their overdrives, because there are limit breaks in this game called overdrives, and all the Aeons get one. And then you can just start each boss fight with like a giant bird laser and <laughs> a hellfire and freezing them to death and a lightning storm. And I think Anima does a JoJo attack. Yep. <laughs> it's specifically a JoJo attack. You're correct. Yeah, is there anything we want to say about the the story? Because I have it written down. Because like I said, the story is very important to me. It's where I learned religion is bullshit. And I think it's mostly good. I think it gets a bad rap because the voice acting's a little bad. And there's plenty about it that's hackneyed and you've seen in other JRPGs better. But I think it holds together and it works. I really like that it's Yuna's story, but you don't realize that. Because it feels like it's supposed to be Titus' story yeah. originally, since and, he's the guy you start with. And the Man from Mars story trope is super common and overdone, but I think it works really well here. Yeah, I, I think that's really the only thing. Um, I really do like the twist at the end where, like, you, as you said, religion is and you fight you, Yevin, who is their god, who has just been, like, manipulating them the entire time. Yeah, it, it got me ready for the Shinten games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Babies for Shinten. Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy X. Babies for Shinten. Um, I also like the fact that uh, Titus is, like, walking in his father's footsteps a little bit and, like, having a relationship with him through that. Yeah, the, like, Titus and his dad's story is actually super good. It's the sort you don't see a lot where, like... Jekt was a good person, but was not ready to be a father and was a terrible one. And Titus coming to grips with the fact that, like, he comes from a world where his dad was real good at sports, so he was a hero to everyone, even though he was your dad. And then he goes to a world where his dad literally saved the world, so he's the only place where it could have been worse, and he has to come to grips with it. So yeah, like, that father-son stuff is good, but also subtle and... I think that's actually a story that's better when you're more adult, more in the father role than it is from the Titus son perspective. Because Jekt is in Gendo. <laughs> Titus just thinks he is. <laughs> Titus just always imagines him standing over him. Yeah. Oh, oh, also, spoilers: that that dad is also Godzilla now. <laughs> well, I mean, to, he I, Titus always thought it was because he, every time you see a flashback between him and Jack, Jack's being kind of a dick. Yeah, because Jack, Jack was a terrible father who was not ready to have a kid and did not know how to talk to one. That's not necessarily make him a bad person, but like there is something his mother saw in him. I'm just saying. It was his sweet abs, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> Let's <okay>. be honest. <laughs> no, it was the bitch and Jack shot. Yep. Um, also, that hair. Jack had a lot of things going for him. 
I think the jet shot brings us pretty nicely into the mini games. I find them super interesting because I think this is one of the last games that had that like Final Fantasy VII Ocarina of Time thing where there were just a whole bunch of games they designed and they're like, well, this isn't enough to be a game. Let's throw it into our project. I had far more fond memories of Blitzball. I thought it was better than it actually was when I started playing it again. Yeah. I still enjoyed myself when I was playing it. I usually played one or two games when I was like, all right, it's time to stop playing. Blitzball is a great mini game. The problem is it's not nearly good enough to be a game. It's way too one-dimensional. It's way too simple. It get, once you figure it out, it gets very, very rote. But when you're playing this game for the first time and you haven't figured it out, it's quite fun. Yeah, I was actually going to say it's like one of my favorite mini games in a game game, um, but it's like a little bit cheesy and exploitable once you figure out like how the mechanics work. And it's also not as good as you remember, unfortunately. It's still pretty good. I do like the concept of just tying all of the characters ultimate weapons to weird mini games, because it means if you struggle with the actual game of this, you don't have to play more of it to get better. You can do these weird side things to get very powerful weapons. If you're trying to 100% of the, ga the game, some of them are a pain in the ass and not well designed. And some of them are just boring, like the dodging the thunder 100 times in the thunder planes, which as a child I thought was impossible and daunting. And as an adult, the problem is that I might get bored and mess up. Not yep. that it's in any way <laughs> difficult. I might get too into my podcast. And not <laughs> That is exactly what happens, yes. Um, I was thinking, like, monster capturing is actually kind of fun. Like, that's almost a game unto itself. Yeah. Like, all of the hardest fights in the game come from this monster capture system, which you unlock most of the way through the game. He gives you Pokeball weapons that if you defeat a monster with, you capture it and send it back, and then you can fight that monster at any time. But also, he makes these weird chimeras out of the monsters you've captured, which are the secret super bosses. Interesting. I don't think I ever engaged with that. Yeah, it was one of my favorite things, just because, like Jeremy mentioned earlier, this game is kind of easy overall, and like the secret super bosses are actually kind of fun. Yeah, a bunch of them are cheesy, but in a way I think is good for like JRPG super bosses, because you have to break the system, and they're only for the people who want to engage with the system to such a level they break it. And that's something Final Fantasy got really good at after, I want to say it was three, that they just made the bosses super, super hard and nobody played it or beat it, and they're like, okay, we'll keep making those bosses, but we will make them optional, and throw them over here so the people who want to play our system to the max can and the people that just want to see titus and yuna make out only have to beat, his, beat up his dad that just rem reminds me of uh, you mentioning gotta break the system of the original release of persona 5 the easiest way to defeat death oh yeah was to wait for cold season because then you would encounter him with the despair status condition and after three turns he would just die yep I'm so confused. What is the explanation behind that? Oh, well, uh, it, during flu, the explanation, death only appears in the, like, uh, what do they call it? Mementos. Mementos, which is like the collective unconscious. Yep. So when it's flu season out, sometimes you will just see monsters with status conditions there. Okay. And, and they get specific ones. <laughs> so it, it's not specifically that death has despair because it's flu season. It's that you can't encounter him with that condition. Well, you, you, he, that's just the condition he gets in flu season. Okay. But yeah, it's because, uh, you know, death is despairing because he's so busy. Yeah. He doesn't have time to deal with you. He's taking all these people who died of the flu. I guess the last thing we need to talk about, because Zach wanted to, and it is an important part of the game, is the advancement system. The main one being the sphere grid which is one of the, like, lamest Final Fantasy advancement systems. This is kind of... I, if I say this is the end of when they were experimenting with it, that's not really true, because Final Fantasy XII also has a pretty experimental advancement system. But for, starting with Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy really wanted to try to come up with different advancement systems. And I think VI is incredible. We've talked about that game. There's a yep. whole episode on it's, it. It's kind of exploitable, but great. Well, it's exploitable, and the problem with it, in I think, air quotes, is that if you don't know what you're doing, you can kind of mess your characters up. It doesn't create fail states, I don't think, but it does create disempowered states, which can be frustrating for players who do not understand the system. At 7, they went super easy with Materia. I don't love Materia, but I think the fact... Like, I understand what they were going for. The Materia exists because Aerith dies, and then she's out of your party, and they didn't want to punish you for that. So all of the, you can just take all the Materia that was on her and put her on a new, them on a new character. And it it has problems of making the characters basically just vessels for the materia. There is no real stat. There's a little bit of stat difference between them. 
but there's not much of an ability difference between your characters. You just choose the three pretty ones and put them in front of the party. I was going to say, 8 had actually kind of a similar problem where I felt the characters were so highly interchangeable. Yeah, um, 8's the one I'm least familiar with. I think that's the actively the worst one. I'm not super familiar with it, though. I just know people really don't like it. Oh, really? I always thought everyone loved it because gun swords. Oh, no, so, the advancement system specific. Okay, yeah. No, I was not a huge fan of it. It was, I think, probably the weakest in all of Final Fantasy. Isn't yeah. that also the one where the monsters all around you constantly level up with you? I think so. I'm not entirely sure. My problem with that one is also that you have, like, more people can, can fit on a party, and they expect you to use all of your characters at the end of the game, so a bunch of people end up being underleveled if you, like, don't use them. But it does not tell you that that's going to happen. So you can get yourself into a fail state. Also, time gets compressed. Also that, yeah. Also, the the witch. Um, no, I'm sorry, the sorceress. Her name is the sorceress, who may or may not be the main character. Maybe. I don't know. Final Fantasy VIII is confusing. So the moral of the story is Final Fantasy X has the sphere grid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really don't like the sphere grid. As a kid, I thought it was really interesting. As an adult, it's like... A it's little too busy simple. Work. It's just busy work. There are some things that are a little cool about it. Not enough to justify the system, though. I really like the idea of, like, the spheres that let you take an ability from elsewhere on the sphere. I really like that it's all one interconnected thing. And in theory, you can, like, get Yuna to Titus's part and start getting her Titus stats and make Yuna strong. Uh, the problem with that is the game doesn't nearly require that much grinding, nor is it fun to just grind out all enough XP to do that. I think I maxed out either Yuna or Titus once, just for the heck of it, and it was hilarious, but never again. Yeah, the the fact that Kimari starts out in the center and can go a direction towards a character is super interesting, in theory. But like we talked about, the problem with Kimari is he's a jack-of-all-trades in a game with a bunch of funny-shaped keyholes, <laughs> and he doesn't fit in any of them. So you, you just force him down somebody else's keyhole behind them. So he's just worse Titus, or worse <laughs> Orin, or worse whoever, unfortunately. I think the Sphere Grid, ultimately, I, I will agree with Zach, it's basically busy work. To me, it's the only thing it accomplishes is letting you see your stats as you get them. Like, you have to choose plus four strength instead of just seeing plus four strength pop up on your... Um, well, they also require a resource, so that's just another level of irritation, at least for me. Uh, if I don't have the resource, I can't actually level up. The thing is, they give you so much... I, I actually have the opposite problem with the fact that it costs the resource. Uh, to me, the problem is you get so much of those resources that it becomes pointless to need a resource. Whereas I've talked a lot about the original Final Fantasy and how one of the things I really like about it is that your every gold you spend counts. Like, because you have to buy spells or buy equipment and either one will power you up, but you have to choose, am I going to have access to the spell a couple times or am I going to just buy a better weapon for my fighter? What is more important for my crew here? I think if investing stat points into the sphere grid was actually a choice, if those items were limited, or it, maybe if they were more tiered, like if you, like each node, you could put like a super, like a different level of it in there or something. I'm, I'm just armchairing, armchairing game mechanics now. I'm not talking, knowing what I'm talking about. But I think like the resources are pointless. Because you just end up with so many of them, it doesn't matter. After a while. At the beginning of the game, I feel like you're a little bit limited. And but, like, it's actually kind of interesting to be as a result. I've definitely had a couple of times where I went to level somebody up and I just didn't have access to the particular one that I needed. Because there's like five different versions of it. So it was like, no, I can't actually gain this because I don't have the resource for it. But towards the end of the game, it like it has the opposite problem where you have too many of them. I feel like even once you start to hit the mid-game, but maybe I'm wrong. If they remade this game and took out the Sphere Grid, I would be fine with it. I don't think the Sphere Grid is a good system, and therefore it is a bad system. But I don't think it's like a albatross around an otherwise great game's neck. <laughs> I think it is a weird misstep that there's a reason no one ever tried to take again. There's also equipment in this game, which, similar to Final Fantasy VII, has been greatly simplified. Are there three slots or only two? There's only two. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. There's weapon and accessory. There are some interesting things with that. I do really like some of the weapons have elements on them and stuff, and so it becomes less about getting stronger weapons and more about what the specific ones do. And some of the weapon customization stuff is interesting. I was going to say, mostly I just spec my attackers for attack, right? Or... Yeah. And it's interesting that the ultimate weapons come with specific things. You can't customize them. So that kind of can define the characters if you go for those. But it's not like traditional games where you get a bunch of equipment and it makes you better. It's more about getting you a few weird attributes. Yeah, it's, it's about variety for a wealth of situations. Yeah. 
Or, you know, just customizing, break a damage limit, uh, always heal me when I hit something. Yeah. And trying to make a weapon better than the ultimate weapons. Which I have definitely done before. But again, the game doesn't require that. Uh, it does have a problem that most video games, if we're being honest, have. But I think Final Fantasy X is the game that really made me recognize this issue. Is that because most challenges in video games give you rewards, the better you are at a video game, the easier it is. Which is the opposite of how it should be. No, yeah. I was going to say, there are probably a couple that are, that help you out if you're bad at it. But for the most part, yeah, if you can beat it without it, they'll give it... If you can beat it without a specific thing, they'll more likely to give you the thing you didn't need. Yeah. I mean, there are a handful of games that have tried to address this. Like, right, Left 4 Dead with its AI director. Um, games that are like, hey, do you want to go to easy mode or put you on easy mode without telling you? Um, that sort of thing. So it's not literally every video game but especially rpgs or games where you gain power most of the best weapons and stuff are hidden behind secret bosses inside most of them you can also grind yourself up so you're so powerful it doesn't even matter true yeah but i'm thinking of like roguelikes a lot of the uh, especially or i guess roguelites uh, where you have like progressive unlocks a lot of the more powerful or interesting things happen after you've already played the game a ton so it gets easier as you go and that's one of the reasons I like the mini games in this, even though I don't think most of them are great, because they are a sideways glance at that problem. If you are bad at the game, you can press X 200 times to get a really powerful <laughs> weapon, and maybe that'll help. Or you can play Blitzball for six hours and unlock Waka's slot machine of doom and <laughs> slot machine bosses to death. So yeah, like I said, this is a very difficult game for me to talk about. I love it in a way that like, I, I do think it's good. I would recommend it on like a JRPG tour. It's no Persona, don't get me wrong. It is, I think, my favorite Final Fantasy game that has a number after it. I was going to say that uh, distinguishes it from, like, Tactics, for example. Yeah, Tactics okay. would I definitely put above it. I might put this one below six. We're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have strong opinions on that, so... Yeah. You just I have final thoughts? I kind of have alluded to this earlier, but I think I'm kind of in the middle ground on this one. I like Final Fantasy X a fair amount. I played a quite a bit of it, but like I recognize it as like not my favorite Final Fantasy anymore, and or I don't know that it ever was. But it also did a lot of things I had never seen done on in a JRPG on the PS2 before, and I had played a ton of JRPGs before this. I mean, a lot of JRPGs on the fi- on the PS2 were trying to be Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think everyone until Persona Three. I hate this game. Like, I find the whole thing tedious, boring. I was going to say, did we get into why that is on the mics? I know you mentioned it a little bit off mic. Uh, I don't know. Jeremy has been talking a lot. Um, No, I hate this game in part because it never feels like I'm getting anywhere when it comes to getting more power. In part because of the sphere grid needing to uh, do busy work to do anything. The weapons feel like they don't change anything. I never get the feeling like with a lot of other games where it's like, I got super powerful, so I went back to this old area and beat the ever-living shit out of something that was really strong before. This time it just feels like it doesn't matter where I go, I'm interacting with the same level of things, and since combat is so freaking boring, um, I don't want to interact with it as much as possible, and it feels like anytime I'm trying to get anywhere, it's like, oh yeah, interact with combat more. Especially that lack of progression. Like, I... I disagree because I feel like it has progression, but I could definitely see the point where like you're not feeling it. And especially in a JRPG, that's like kind of one of their strong points is that you feel like you're progressing. Well, that's why I said it doesn't feel like it. You're definitely progressing, getting the sphere grid progressed. But if it doesn't feel like it, if it's not doing a good job of basically telegraphing, yes, you are getting more powerful. You are being able to deal with these threats a bit better Then it's failing. And see, and Especially early game, I feel like it is allowing me to feel like I am progressing. Um, like, adding that, like, I think I mentioned, like, plus four, plus ten strength on Orin, and, like, suddenly he's able to one-shot things that used to take two hits. Like, that's really satisfying to me. Um, but it doesn't scale super great. But I don't know that any JRPG, like, that's kind of the progression curve on any JRPG, is towards the end of the game, it, you get much more incremental improvement. Depends on the one you're talking about. Persona 5? No, you you feel consistently like you're getting stronger every time. That's fair, and I've never successfully managed to play a Persona game because the they give me horrible social anxiety. So. <laughs> the only time I ran into a situation where it's like, I don't feel like I'm getting any stronger was because I literally had eight Personas at level 99. Yeah, I what, literally which... couldn't get stronger. <laughs> you could have got Satinel. I had him at level 99. Okay. I was going to say, this is a weird sideways oh, tangent, it was, it was but... a, uh, I think the Royal. I think there was people stronger than Satinel in the Royal. So speaking of Satinel, 
Son of Satan. We have a list <laughs> on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, which I will say is better than Final Fantasy X. At the bottom is City Connection, which I think Zach will agree is worse than Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Difficult to choose, but I think you might be right. And the center, we have Tech Mobile. Interesting. I think the place. I want to say better, but I don't think that's actually true. I think the place to start is Final Fantasy VII, right? Because that's a common talk between people of generations, right? I think Final Fantasy X is better than VII. The story isn't as good, and the characters aren't as interesting. But like I've said on this podcast a thousand times before, story in video games is And Final Fantasy X, I think, plays much better. I think the characters having niches is much more interesting than the Materia system, even though there are some breakage things you can do with Materia that's interesting. I I think the combat just plays much smoother. I have a hard time with I would my gut reaction was actually that I prefer seven, but the more I think about it, the more like the actual combat mechanics that you have to interact with regularly are more tactical, which is a thing I prefer, I guess, at, um, in ten. Yeah, right. th- oh, sorry, I'll let you go, Zach. But I, I just to piggyback off that, I feel like in seven, with the exception of some bosses, there are never enemies that I'm like, oh, I will do this because it's this type of enemy. They're a different shaped house I need to kill. <laughs> I was just going to say I kind of agree. I think characters that have a specific set niche, like, I mean, granted, in, in Final Fantasy, at least the remake of Final Fantasy VII, they, they did this. So I guess it really reinforces that it's a good idea. But when you have, like, this character is my healer, but it's not because the game dictated that. It's because I just equipped them with the items to make them my healer. I feel like characters being like, this is my healer because the game slotted them into this niche. So it's like, okay, this is my healer. This is my frontliner. This is my tank. This is my, you know. Those kind of things, I think it's just better design. I think it works better. Well, especially when they can telegraph it with character design, too, which I think this game does, like, a pretty decent job of. It actually does uh, do a pretty good job of telling you, hey, Titus is going to be better against quicker enemies. Because he's he's lightly armored. He's, when you're looking at his his stance, he's moving a lot. Whereas Oren has a big sword, isn't moving a whole lot. Well, especially when they attack, like, Titus runs up and, like, does a quick slash, and Oren does, like, a massive swing. Like, you can tell one of them hits harder, but slower. So the next thing, obviously, is Final Fantasy VI. And I think the thing about Final Fantasy VI is it hits the best of both worlds on what we were talking about with seven and ten, Because the characters do have niches. They have things they're good at. But you, through the Esper system, can affect their stats drastically. You can make Terra into a caster who's actually a very good fighter and also has magic. Or you can double down on her magic and just make her the best mage ever. Uh, and you have, as long as you understand the system, the freedom to do that. Um, and honestly, even if you're not terribly great at the system, like, everyone benefits from getting stats off of espers, regardless. So, um, I like to have everyone pick up every single skill with an esper, for example, uh, just because that's fun for me. I also, like, I like the character design in Final Fantasy VI a lot more. I feel like the backstories are interesting. We talked a lot about, like, efficiency of dialogue in that game, and, like, I feel like Final Fantasy X gets a lot of dialogue and doesn't do as efficient a job with it, but also it doesn't need to. So I'm not sure whether or not that's a point for or against it. you have anything you want to say, Zach? I've been sitting here as you guys are talking about Final Fantasy VI, trying to remember what game you're talking about. <laughs> it starts with mech armor. It starts with Star Wars. I guess so does Final Fantasy IV, though. Um, it's also the one where you can suplex a train. I don't yeah, know if you did that ever. I don't think I ever got that. Um, <laughs> Is that the one that it basically starts with you kind of trying to break into like a tomb or something? Or yeah, into the cave in the back armor. Okay, yeah, and you fight yeah. a snail. Okay, I, I think I remember what you're talking about, but I, I, it's just the vaguest. I also, like, I feel like the story in 6 is equally, if not more dramatic, like Terra's like weird backstory. Um, and the fact that she ends up not actually being the main character at the end of it. Also, the world literally ends. Yeah, I feel like the story in six is worse, but the char- each character's arc is better. And in, in many ways, that's more important. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting way to phrase it. I think I agree. Overall, I, I will cast my vote in favor of six, I think. So how do we think it compares to Paper Mario, an incredibly huh. efficient arc? <laughs> uh, <laughs> If this were Thousand Year Door, this would be a much easier decision for me, I think. Um, hmm. I remember Paper Mario, so that's not a problem on that one. I'm just trying to think if I think it's better or worse than this. I, I don't it, like either one. So. Uh, like, I do kind of like both of them. Honestly, I think I like Final Fantasy X a little bit more. It's like a little bit more engaging in combat, even though uh, Paper Mario does have the active time combat, which is fun. I mean, it is just press A to die less. 
Yeah, or press A to hit more. <laughs> to kill more. Yes. <laughs> it, it is making into an actual mechanic things gamers just do. Yeah. Yeah, well, th- that's why it works, right? Is that you're doing that when you play Pokemon anyway, and it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like a random-ass quick-time effect, because it's what you would be doing anyway. It's why it works. I think I might agree, though, that I think Final Fantasy X is better. Interesting, because I was going to pull for Paper Mario if I had to decide, but... I don't like either one, really, but I think, like, actually having... Having characters in a in the story, whereas Mario never really feels like a character. Okay, there, I'm going to pull this just because it's the only even vaguely comparable game, and there's still a giant gap between these two. So I'm going to panic right after we instantly decide. Better or worse than Pokemon Red and Blue? I mean, objectively a better game, but a worse idea. We can't put it above. <laughs> I think it's worse than Red and Blue. Um, I I really feel like Final Fantasy X is a better game than Pokemon, but like you said, a worse idea. So how does it? Okay, Nintendo says this is an RPG. How do we <laughs> think it compares to the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening? I got a lot of nostalgia um, for that game too. This is um, the one where there's a bird at the end. You didn't get to the end, Zach. It's on the Game Boy. I know what you're talking about. I didn't really like. I'm not a big fan of Zelda to begin with, and I didn't really like this one. So. I enjoy Link's Awakening, but I think it is one of my least favorite Zelda games, so I would probably have to give that to Final Fantasy X. I was thinking, and I'm trying to decide what, like I said, whether or not I think Link's Awakening is better or worse than it's Final fair. Fantasy X, because I don't really like either game. It's got some, like, kind of rote yeah, dungeon I think I design. Have to, I think I have to give it to Final Fantasy X, because basically the same thing I said about Paper Mario. Link's Awakening doesn't really do characters, whereas Final Fantasy X has characters and if it, if you're talking about an rpg you're generally talking about story and stories are driven by characters yeah which is why i don't think it's an rpg but some people do and we call them crazy <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of characters a game with voiced characters Ooh. like like final fantasy 10 do we think it's better or worse than star fox 64 you're really huh. reaching now aren't you huh. our, our, the only other comparative point we could possibly do is super mario brothers 3 <laughs> well i think uh that that would be a much easier choice and therefore would not resolve anything i think i, think, I, pref- so. I would prefer to play Star Fox 64 i think the <laughs> gameplay is more fun my problem is having played a ton of Star Fox. is man does it get old in a way that final fantasy like i can play a lot more final fantasy 10 than i can Star Fox. That, that's weird because i feel like both of these are games that i've played so much of i don't need to anymore I can play a run of Star Fox 64 in my mind palace, and it's pretty much the same as playing it. But I feel like 64, because of its arcadiness and its score features, as weird as that sounds, has more replayability. My, my problem is I feel like I have mastered it so much that there's like not really anything else there for me. Uh, so maybe that's a problem with me more yeah. than the game. <laughs> well, oh no, this is a very subjective list, so I'm going to vote for my favorite, which is going to be Final Fantasy X. So. Gosh, it's... It's a hard choice. It is, I just actually. Think, I, I, me and Tyler did so the same apples thing. apples and oranges. I'm going to say worse, because if, if I had to play one right now, I would choose Star Fox. That's hey, it. That works. Yeah, that's all it is. It's weird to say they are of comparable quality. They are of comparable space in my head, for sure. So Final Fantasy X will actually do better than I thought it would at 19, above Link's oh, wow. Awakening, and below Star Fox 64. Putting above, the thing was putting above Paper Mario, put it in the top 50, and then we have so few RPGs in there that just, I was like, what the hell do I compare this to? <laughs> we just didn't play a lot of them because it takes so much time to get through RPGs. Yeah. So we finally got through Zach's choice of Final Fantasy X, which I expected to be a Jeremy choice at some point. Jeremy, what are we playing? Uh, I was, it was on my list, but then I kicked it off because I was ultimately like, eh, I don't know that I want to do an episode on this. Like I said, <laughs> at the start of this. So I was going to choose Dark Souls, and you did. So it's okay. I had another choice, but it's another JRPG. And I'm like, do we want to do two of those in a row? So do we want to do a JRPG, an action game, a Metroidvania, or a game Tyler said he wanted to do, but I think he forgot? Well, if I know what that last one is, that's actually my next choice. So not that one. Um, (laughs) Action game? Yeah, I vote action or weirdly another JRPG. So uh, I want to do the JRPG, but I think action, uh, and then we can do this one later. Let's play Devil May Cry three. People like that game. Okay. Okay. I don't know I that I've ever actually played game. it. I, I have. I have the Devil May Cry collection for my three sixty, so I think uh, I think that's on there. All right. Cool. The only Devil May Cry I've really played a lot of was five. I know we did one earlier for the podcast. I think three is where it clicks on. I don't think it's as good as five, but it's way better. 
So uh, next time on Last Tide, it's prequel time, baby. 